You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, a show about discovering strengths and solving problems. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. You know, this is the show where I take credit for solving your problems by introducing you to cool people with good ideas. I'm Heather, and in addition to being your host, I'm a national board-certified health and wellness coach. And after I cleaned off my entire desk and did all of the dishes in the kitchen and put away all of the laundry in my house, I was finally ready to sit down and talk about this episode, which is all about clearing away the clutter in our lives. Do you ever feel like you are surrounded by clutter Sometimes it's the physical stuff in our way, and other times it's that mental clutter. Sometimes those two things are connected. I know that I can think more clearly after I have cleared away some of the physical stuff that is in my way. And if you have that problem too, you are going to love meeting my guest today author Connie Ellefson. She is an engineer and a professional organizer, and she works in the Denver metro area. She helps people find more creativity, more room for energy when they are able to tidy up their unnecessary clutter. Whether it's physical, emotional, possessional, clutter takes up space in our psyches and our calendars that could be put to much more productive, creative, and fun use. She wants to help us find the lost energy and make room for what we really want to be doing with our time. I can't wait to start putting these tips into my actual life. Connie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Heather. Are you ready to solve everything? Yes, I am. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so around the beginning of the change of seasons, I start noticing that my friends are posting pictures on uh, social media of how they're doing the Marie Kondo effect on their house. They're, mm-hmm. they're going through and clearing away the things that no longer bring them joy. And I'm curious to talk about this with you because you've written a book that goes way beyond Marie Kondo. And I want to hear about it. It's called Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. Tell me about how you became a professional organizer and wrote this book. I came to it in a way sort of backwards. Uh, It started in around 2008 after I I was laid off from four jobs in six years. After 9-11, my particular brand of engineering just kind of went downhill for several years because it has to do with land development. So mm-hmm. I thought after the fourth one, I thought, I think it's time for a new career. <laughs> and I realized that I enjoyed tidying up my desk after I finished a project or even day to day more than I enjoyed the work. So I thought I would give professional engineering or organizing a, a try. And I realized... I read Ms. Kondo's book and I really loved it. And I've read several other, I'm actually a recovering organizing book junkie. But <laughs> what I discovered was each new method that I read, read about, I get all inspired. 
and I'd go through as, as much as I could with my household. And I'd usually get about 90% done and then I'd stop. I would never complete it. Or maybe I would complete it, but then a month or two later, things would be back where they were. So eventually I thought, I think there's something else going on here. It isn't just about the perfect method for how to put your stuff away. There's something in my mind or heart, my emotions or my my thoughts that's holding me back from finishing it up. And I came to realize that we always look at the stuff around our houses, our possessions, because it's so obvious. We see it all over the place. But I say that the emotional stuff that leads to the stuff stuff clutter is probably it's the iceberg and the possessions are the tip of the iceberg. So for most people, emotional clutter is what's really driving the clutter on the surface. What counts as emotional clutter? That's things like beliefs that don't really support the life that you want to have or poor opinions of your body or feeling guilty about everything. It's, it's pretty much human nature to be worried a little bit almost all the time and always looking out for danger or wondering, am I doing this right? But when it gets to where it's, that's all you ever think about, then that's emotional clutter. Cause we, is this a process that you went through personally? Yes. I, I've learned over the years, I've tried many different methods of energy healing or just self-examination or taking classes from other people that were inspiring or whatever. And so it's an ongoing process like all these are. And I think that's one of the things that really discourages people is they think, okay, I followed the method, whatever it was, and I've still got clutter. What's going on? It's because it's in each of those three areas, the physical body, the emotions or the stuff, it's, it's a fluid situation in your life. You're not going to eat right or exercise right just one time and then you're good to go. And you're not going to clear out a bunch of emotional clutter and then you'll be good, good the rest of your life because there's always things happening to us. There's always stresses that we have to respond to. And the same with your stuff, no matter, even if you downsize to the minimum, you're still going to go shopping once in a while or receive a gift. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. And it's one of those things where my very first most important declutter tip is declutter the guilts. So however you got to this point, either in your, in your emotions or your body or your stuff, don't, don't feel bad about it. There's, yeah. there were reasons for all of it. Yep. So the little, the less time you spend feeling guilty about it or ashamed of yourself or whatever, then, then you're that much further ahead. I agree. If we, if we can just, um, you know, kind of get that out of the way first of, you know, first thing, just we're not going to feel bad about what has happened. You know, right. everybody's got stuff. Everybody has regrets. Everybody wishes they had done some things differently. We're done with that. We're not, you know, that's not to say that you don't need to heal those things, but, um, you know, letting being able to let go of that, at least for the moment, can help you then to be able to take the first step. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me about the title of the book and, and what it means. Clear the space, feel the rush. So clear the space is a magical phrase that just popped into my head 
in 2008 when I was trying to come up with a name for my company. And I tried for three or four months to come up with a title. And each one I would be like, oh, no, I'd like it for 10 seconds. And then I wouldn't care, care about it anymore. But one day the phrase clear the space popped into my head. And I'm like, that's it. I don't know what it means, but that's it. Because it means more than just organizing your sock drawer. It means clearing the space for your best life, your dreams, your skateboard to have its own parking place in the house. It can just mean anything that you want it to mean. So it's a, it's an open-ended phrase. And then feeling so, the rush. Yes. Feeling the rush. That's when I, well, I think we've all felt the rush when we declutter an area, a closet or a desk or a room. We're just like, Oh, it's so exhilarating. It's a, it's actually endorphins. It's the pain killing chemicals that your brain releases when you, when you are feeling really good. And the people that study feng shui would likely say it's the energy that's tied up in all that stuck stuff that was just sitting there stagnating. And when you moved it around or got rid of the stuff that you don't really like or rearranged it in a better way, then all that energy starts swirling around. And they might say that that's what you're feeling is that energy released. So that's where feel the rush comes from. And I don't know if I told you, Heather, but it took me 12 years to write this book. Really? I just finished it recently. And um, and it was a good thing. The timing was great because someone asked me to give a speech. And I thought, okay, I don't really want to, but it'll give me a chance to crystallize what my what I'm trying to convey. And it was right in that moment when I realized you feel the rush when you declutter a space. If you go running or you eat something really like a fresh salad or whether you feel refreshed then too, you feel those endorphins. Like they talk about it. If somebody exercises for half an hour, like they run or walk, they start feeling kind of buzzed. And that's the same. It's the same rush. Oh, yeah. And then then I realized, too, when you have an emotional release, even if it's something very simple, like you've been upset about something and you go ahead and cry about it then you feel better. It's the same rush. So all those things are interrelated and they all, this, this all came together with another piece of information that had come to me in the last few months too, but based on some work by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh, Um, I love Dr. Dispenza. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. So he had done a, he had a conference in 2016 and he asked 120 people to spend 10 minutes three times a day uh, over this four-day conference, putting themselves in a high vibrational emotional state, whether it was happiness, joy, love, gratitude. And then at the beginning and end of the four days, he checked their immunoglobulin A uh, levels with a cheek swab. And it's a chemical in your body that tells you how good your immune system is right now. And he discovered that their immunoglobulin A had gone up an average of 50% in four days of being happy 30 minutes a day. And he said, this is way more significant than any flu shot could give you or vitamin C or something else you might take for your immune system. And it's right there in your own body and it's under your control. I love how the 
I love how the attempt to influence our external environment can transfer into how we feel internally mm-hmm. and that choosing to experience something like an emotion can actually change our body chemistry mm-hmm. and choosing to change our physical environment can change our body chemistry in much the same way. Right. Exactly. So if somebody listens to a, or has a, a session with the counselor somebody who's listened to you empathically and not try to talk you out of your feelings and so forth, that same, those endorphins are released then as well. And then I've read as well, when you journal, when you write something out that you're talking to someone's been bothering you and you write about it, you get that same emotional rush. So the, the endorphins are awesome. (laughs) So there really is science behind the idea that you feel refreshed and more able to think clearly and work mm-hmm. when you have cleared off your desk. Right. Yes. Now, I like to decorate and I love to feather my nest, so to speak. I'm constantly moving things around in my house and curating little vignettes. And I love to change decorations for the seasons Mm -hmm. and create a home that feels warm and inviting and loving. And I wonder, is there a difference between decluttering and tidying up? Exactly. Yes. That's one of the things that I used to do with my clients is I had this decorator book from a famous decorator in England. And the book showed 20 or 30 different uh, decorating styles from complete minimalism to almost Victorian in like fussiness, I would call it. But my my tagline was non-judgmental organizing and decluttering. So I don't want to impose on you what my favorite level of order is. So I want you to pick the the type of decor that you like. And when it, when it's loved objects, like you're talking about that you move around and create this cozy environment, that's your level of order that you love. And so it's not really clutter because, because you enjoy it so much and it, and it adds so much to your life. If somebody called you and said, Connie, I need help with decluttering my life. I've got, I feel like I'm trapped in, in with this stuff and I feel like it's getting in the way of my creativity and my energy. You know, can you come and help me? What would that experience be like when you start to help? Well, I would, I would look at their space with them, but I would also ask them first if they're spending their time the way they'd like to. And if they, if their surroundings, either their workplace where they do their work, if they work at home or, or just the, the home space, if it supports the life that they like to lead. And um, I was, I was struck recently. I watched the new Tom Cruise movie about, uh, what was the guy's name? Maverick. Exactly. And I thought, those kids, I bet they had very uncluttered <laughs> barracks or whatever, whatever quarters that they had, because they were completely focused on speed and flying. That's their, that was their whole life. So 
I'm pretty sure that they didn't have a lot of clutter in their in their lives that had to do with anything else because that's what they love more than anything. And some of us have many different things that we like to do or or hobbies or whatever. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do every one of them if you want. And having the stuff organized so that you can get to it quickly. So you can go ahead and spend a little bit of time on it every day or, you know, several times a week that enriches your life more than lots of other things. So I would just start asking some questions. And I, I remember one time, and this was kind of a turning point for me as an organizer, I had a couple that ran a print shop and they had, they now had two little children. Whereas when they had first worked together, they were just a young married couple. And the husband was like, I don't know what to do with her. She used to just be so organized and she'd get all the orders out and she had everything just running like that. And now she's, she just can't seem to keep up with things or she's like, and I said, I'm not going to solve this problem because she has got the mommy syndrome. (laughs) She wants to be home with her little kids. And this has any, this has nothing to do with how the office is laid out. So that's interesting because I was I was wondering whether you ever have um, experiences where somebody um, sees another person as the reason why clutter can't get fixed or why things can't be organized. And if only that person would throw away all of their junk, then we would be able to move forward. Right. And how often does that happen? And what's your response? Well, it's, it's happened. It happens all the time, of course, because anytime you have two people living in the same environment, you're going to have two different levels of clutter um, tolerance. So they have to, they have to come to some agreement, but as always, you, you can't change someone else. You can only change yourself. So you can start organizing and de- decluttering and downsizing your own belongings and putting them in a nice order and maybe negotiate with this other person to to put their stuff behind closed doors or something like that, whatever works. I think everybody knows that they need to figure out something that works for everybody, whether they want to or not. But spending a lot of time accusing the other person is definitely counterproductive. <laughs> so... So you do need that's to a whole different level of emotional clutter, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So if somebody picks up a copy of your book and they start reading, what are they going to learn? Well, they're going to learn that there's many, many different ways to declutter, whether it's your physical body or emotions or your, or your belongings. And if you've tried lots of different ways before to fix up your environment and you still kind of go through go through it all the time, it just never seems to completely stay the way you like it. There's probably some emotional stuff happening to begin with. And I heard a good line the other day from a fellow author. She said, nobody really knows why people hold on to things. So in my book, there are six or eight or 10 different motivations that people might choose to help them inspire themselves to declutter and they can read through them. And maybe, maybe one will catch their eye or maybe, um, maybe none will. So 
they just have to decide for themselves what what is really motivating them. But always holding the dream out in front of you of how you'd like your life to go, that's that's a the best place to start because that's more much more of a pull than beating yourself up or trying to meet somebody else's expectations about clutter. It's it's how are you spending your life? Is there of those six to 12 motivations that um, can inspire someone to begin the process of decluttering? What is the most common? Do you see a pattern of what inspires and motivates people to start the process? Well, it's, it's usually a matter of they've just had, had enough. They, something, they, they feel stagnant. So they want to move forward somehow. They're not exactly sure how. So it's, I don't, I don't really see a pattern. Like I said, everybody has a different, a different stick, but I, I have one example that kind of came to me a while back. I have three or four different hats in my house. And one of them is a, a broad brimmed straw like hat. I think it's plastic, but it looks like straw. It's blue. And I thought, I could wear it when I'm gardening. And then I have a hat that looks like a little, like an extended bill, and it just kind of fits on your head. And then I have a nice, more formal hat that I've had for 30 or 40 years. It's uh, got a little ribbon. I, I wear it in the winter when I'm kind of cold. And then the other, then one day I was out shopping with a friend, and I saw the most beautiful hat I've ever seen in my life. It looked good on everybody that tried it on. And all of a sudden I thought, you know what? I could see getting rid of all those other hats and just getting that beautiful hat. And and think how much simpler that would be in my life. That would be three items out of my life in exchange for one that I love instead of just, hmm, I might use it sometime. It'll sort of do. So that that kind of thing can help you focus as you figure out what you do actually treasure and surrounding yourself with beauty is, is a great way to inspire your own creativity as well. So it's just a process for everybody and everyone, everyone's is different. I'm so. not even going to tell you how many hats I have. Okay, <laughs> It's way more than four. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> What do you find is the most common hurdle that that people face when they are trying to simplify and declutter? Getting started mm-hmm. is the very hardest. So it's it's like a momentum. It's like trying to push a big rock, trying to get it started because we all have, especially with physical with uh, possessions. We have this thing in our brain where we don't want to let go of something that we already have in our our hands. We don't want to let go of it. And it's physically painful. There's like a small thing in your brain, like a a paper cut or a minor burn when you try to let go of something that you already have, whether you like it or not. So you have to be kind to yourself. And what I tried to do in each of the three areas of in the book is What's a really simple way you can start with just just the start? And and as you go, you know, the momentum of the rock 
as you start getting rid of stuff that you really don't like and focus on keeping the ones that you do, especially if you can separate the ones like put your favorites here and then put all the rest over here. And then it's easy to see. Like I, I make the example in my book, if you had an hour to leave your house because it was going to get flooded or something, like you don't have to leave this second, but you got an hour. What would you take out of the house that you could carry? Because that really crystallizes what you really love more than anything else of your belongings. So when you set that one on one side and then all the other stuff on the other side, it's really easy to say, yeah, that could really go out of my life and I don't even think I'd notice it. So there's such a beautiful, I really like how, well, that is so much like how I approach so many other habits of health and well-being, you know, when it comes to exercise or when it comes to how we eat or how we interact with others, you know, of, of looking for where's the easiest place that I could start and how can I just get some momentum so that I can keep it going and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be pretty and it doesn't have to be at anybody else's pace. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just has to get going. Yes, exactly. So is there any science behind um, the decluttering technique of opening up a drawer and just shoving everything that's on the counter into the drawer and then closing the drawer and never speaking of of it again? Because that's my (laughs) go-to strategy. (laughs) Is that helpful? uh, Yeah, it's a real time (laughs) saver. Until somebody wants to know where all that stuff went (laughs) and I've moved on. Your first tip is just get started. Mm -hmm. How do people know when they're done? Do they have to declutter their entire space to start feeling the rush? Do they have to organize everything to be able to get these benefits in their life? No, no, not at all. It's every, every little movement that you can make in a positive direction is is helpful and in fact it's still going to always be a fluid situation because you're going to get caught up in some other stuff you can't spend your whole life decluttering and you don't even want to do that because that's that's very stultifying to the people in your household it's uh, when the lack of clutter is the primary motivation for everything then a lot of people are just going to sit around and watch tv or play video games or be somewhere else because they don't want to be in such a, you know, harsh environment. So always give yourself the benefit of the doubt and realize it's going to go up and down. My One of my biggest tips through, throughout the book is to make it fun, figure out a way to make it fun, make it into a game. And, and, um, but like I said, it's, it's never going to be permanently done unless you That's- just turn your house into a show home and never move a muscle. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a liberating concept to know that it's a fluid process that doesn't necessarily have an end and that you don't have to complete the process before you can start reaping the rewards of, of being in the practice. Right. Yes. Well, as you, as you get through areas, you will gradually hopefully downsize your, inventory and then it gets easier and easier to tidy things back up and put it back together so it's 
it is a gradual process unless you are able to drop everything else, which we can't. And as a matter of fact, even working as an organizer, I can't do it more than three or four hours at a time for myself or anyone else. I just get, ah, I get a little, you know. Have you ever met anybody who thrives in clutter, who's surrounded by stuff and they love it? Like that adage that a messy desk is the sign of a genius mind. Right. I've heard that, but I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> they they may never have worked in a in an austere environment or one that's just pared down to what they're working on and not a lot of other projects. When I used to work in an office, uh, when we had more paper back in the old days, I would always try to get every project that I wasn't working on right this second behind me so I couldn't even see those papers and and I and then I was able to focus a lot better I'm I'm sure so one thing that's kind of interesting was there's a study at UCLA where they discovered that older teenagers and men are much more comfortable with having their belongings stacked around in view and it's the moms or the women that usually freak out about this. They want they want to see clear space, but but the men and the and the teenagers were seem to be perfectly fine with having more stuff in their environment. I think so, that um, study may have been conducted at my house. Your house, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm the one who's always shoving everything in a drawer and making it go away because I like it better when it's decluttered. <laughs> exactly. I have found that one of my um, best tips for getting organized and tidying up and decluttering is to have a massive work deadline in the imminent future so that you will do basically anything to avoid working and you allow that tension and anxiety and adrenaline to build up so much that you clean your entire house in an hour and then finally sit down with 10 minutes to spare and get your work done. Is that something that you recommend? (laughs) Well, oddly enough, the brain has been found to process information faster when you're under the gun. There's a fabulous book called Before Happiness Two books, Before Happiness and the Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor, who's a researcher, a business researcher. And, and he found that that's true, that, that your brain actually works faster when you're under, under stress to get the deadline, when you've procrastinated and, and now you just have to get it done. So that kind of situation works in a social way too, when you invite somebody over for dinner. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, make it fun. Don't make it stressful, but make it fun. Just get a kick out of it. And oh. um, well, I, that's I've fun never... to know. It's it's fun to know that I've been doing science all these years yes, when I thought exactly. I was just doing panic procrastination. Because <laughs> my yes. house is never as clean as when I'm on deadline. You're so effective. You didn't even know it. <laughs> Connie, thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to go and um, open up that drawer that I shoved everything in and start putting it in its proper place. (laughs) Yep, as long as you make it fun. (laughs) (laughs) Clear the space, feel the rush. I think that Connie's got the right idea. 
And I'm so relieved to know that some of the strategies I've already been using are actually helpful. I hope that some of the tips that she shared today clicked with you and that you're already looking for and finding ways that you can simplify the clutter, whether it's the physical, the emotional, or the mental clutter that's in your way and start moving it someplace else. And I hope that you'll go online and look for Connie's book, Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. It's available now on Amazon and at her website, clearthespace.com. I'm so glad that you continue to tune in to Heather Solves Everything. It's a lot of fun to make this podcast and the feedback that I get from listeners makes it even more rewarding. So thank you. And if you enjoy this show, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You know, you can always find me on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for Heather Solves Everything. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Coach Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything. To connect with Heather and find out more about today's show, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. With a little help from your friends, you can solve everything too. 